Amber, what are you drinking today? Well, Mina, you're going to be super proud of me. Did you get vodka? I'm drinking vodka! Yay! I'm actually drinking raspberry vodka with a strawberry lemonade, truly. Right up your alley right there. Yep, sure is. What are you drinking, Amanda? Oh, I'm drinking my favorite. Ginger beer. Vodka and ginger beer. Yes. That's fancy. <laughs> so good. So good. It's so good. I'm still waiting for you to come home so I can have some. Mid-January, I'm going to be there. Peach, whatever. Right? Yeah. And I'm going to give you apple pineapple beer. That's right. I'm going to bring you the peach beer from Arizona, from the brewery here, and you're going to hook it up with the apple pineapple one. Yep. Sometimes we get a little fruity. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Streaky Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a service member was easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Eddie Anderson. Hey, what's going on, guys? Eddie served in the United States Marine Corps from 2002 to 2010 as a 7051, which is aircraft rescue and firefighting. How are you doing today, Eddie? And what are you drinking? I'm doing great. I need to take some notes on you guys' drink flavors, but uh, I'm drinking a Elysian Space Dust IPA. Oh, I've had that before. Those are good. I've just seen them. very good. I haven't tried it. I'm not a big IPA. It's got a fancy label. Yeah, that's why I tried it. (laughs) I'm like a label girl. (laughs) I'll try anything with a fancy label. IPAs aren't my favorite, but... Hey, it's good. Yeah, that one's not bad. There's some there's some okay IPAs out there, but I'm like Dallas Blonde is my go to. I don't like is it dark or lot? IPA. Yeah, it's that, a light, but it's hoppy. Yeah, see it's I don't very, like very dark beer and I don't like the I don't like the hoppiness. Yeah. That could be a good reason why it's not called veterans drinking IPAs with dark beer. Absolutely. We like that way better. (laughs) All right, Eddie, can you tell us where you're from and a little bit about how your story started? Uh, So I currently live in Columbus, Georgia, and Tackle 22 was started uh, in May of 2020. And it all stemmed from when I was in the Marine Corps and really struggling with PTSD after uh, deployments to Iraq and really relearning who I was. Uh, I began to consider suicide and it really started to affect my work and it started to affect those around me. And uh, another Marine that I worked with, the leader of mine took notice. And one day he just popped in and was like, Anderson, let's go fishing this weekend. And it blew my mind. Uh, I had fished growing up, but you know, it was never a great passion of mine. And I went out fishing with him that weekend. And I mean, it totally saved my life. It gave me a new a new outlet, a positive way to channel my energy. And, you know, Master Sergeant Tom Carambrella saved my life in 2007. 2016, Master Sergeant Tom Carambrella took his own life. And I was unable to repay the small gesture that he paid to me. So I began to get really passionate about working with veterans and ending the 22 or 20 or 30 or one. So long as it's more than zero, it's a tragedy. Tag of 22 fishing was born. So um, for our listeners, Eddie actually is, you founded it, correct? Tackle 22. Fishing. Absolutely. 
So he founded Packle 22 Fishing, which is a great organization that takes veterans fishing. But Eddie, how did your personal, like where, where did you grow up and how did your personal story into the Marine Corps start? Oh man, uh, I spent most of my time around Statesboro, Georgia. Mom and dad were both Marines and they really had that gypsy soul. So we moved around quite a bit. Uh, after we left North Carolina, we, we hopped around Georgia a lot. And really just hearing stories uh, from my mom and dad about the Marine Corps. And so just coming up in that just sounded like something I wanted to be a part of, something I wanted to do. So when it came time to deciding in high school what I was going to do, where I was going to go, I told my parents, like, hey, I'm going to join the Marines. And they were like, no, you need to join the Air Force. And I was like, I was like, that's, like that's just not, I feel like that's just not gonna almost work. everyone that advises their children when they just say that they want to join the military after their parents have been in the military, they always advise them to go in the Air Force. Yeah. And, you know, we're not necessarily in a competition with our parents, but at least we want to be at least as good as. So, you know, I was like, mom, dad, that's just not going to work. So I'm joining the Marine Corps. And I needed the Marine Corps a lot more than the Marine Corps needed me at that point. So it was, a, it was an interesting journey. So, Eddie, you told us why you joined the Marine Corps. What made you do aircraft rescue and firefighting? I fell into it. I joined and I actually broke my leg in boot camp. My first choice was to be air crew, to be a crew chief on an aircraft. And through getting hurt in boot camp, I was there for six months instead of three. Everybody say a prayer for me because it was tough. And, uh, I guess I got bumped down to my second choice. So after Marine combat training on Camp Geiger, you know, I'm, I'm still all pumped and set to go to air crew school. And they're like, Anderson, you're going to Goodfellow Air Force Base. You're going to be a firefighter. And I was like, what? super surprised. I fell into it. I uh, don't know how it happened, but it's been my life ever since. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. That's amazing. I just have a smile for that. Like I didn't have anything for it. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally get that because I kind of fell into air traffic control on accident. But Well, we worked very closely with air traffic control because obviously all of our in-flight emergencies came from the tower. Yeah. I'll choose y'all for falling into your military jobs. I'll yeah. pick mine. Did you have more than one duty station? I did. Uh, after all of my training, I got stationed at Marine Corps Air Station New River in Jacksonville, North Carolina. From there, later on, I deployed to Kuwait, Iraq, came home, and then PCS to Marine Corps Air Station Beaufort in South Carolina, and absolutely fell in love with that area. I love that duty station. I love that command, and I love the leaders that I'm fortunate enough to serve with. I think that's a common, I've heard other Marines say that Beaufort was, Beaufort. is, is nice. Yeah. Yep. So would you say that Beaufort was your favorite? Absolutely. Yeah. He's an East. He's an East Coast. Oh, East Coast. East Coast. Listen, I've lived all over the world. So have you spent uh, any time on the West Coast? I did. I lived in South County, San Diego. Oh, me too. Uh, Oh, yeah. My, I had an ex who was a uh, biomedtech corpsman at 32nd Street, Balboa. uh, And she kind of bounced all around. But, uh, I had my baby at Belcoa. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we lived, we lived in uh, Spring Valley. Oh, okay. 
Okay. I live in La Mesa and Chula Vista mm-hmm. and yeah, I was Chula Vista and East Lake all over. So we're, yeah, we all, we all hung out in the same hood. We just didn't know. It. I'm saying. Yeah. Have you ever had the salted pepper wings from the place in Ivy? But have you ever been to Slater's 50 50? Yes, I have. God, I love that place. Do you have Maybe the peanut butter and jelly burger? Oh, the, uh, gosh, what was it? The fried chicken and pancakes thing? <laughs> yes, yeah. please. Slater's Sweatpants when I'm going to Slater's. Yeah. My son loved that place. We've been a few times. Um, and the like time the, I actually lived in California. He wanted on his burger and it was always a shit show. He'd get that little paper and he'd be like, I want, and I want this and I want, you know, cause you can like run down and like just check off like all the different ingredients you want. Oh yeah. So he just, yeah, he'd build a beast of a burger every time. Oh, I bet. First time <laughs> I went in there, I'm pretty sure I walked out with the meat slits. Yeah. <laughs> that place is amazing. Absolutely. It is really good. So, but I mean, I didn't get to experience a lot of California because I was working as a civilian contractor in Afghanistan at the time. So uh, after my service, I spent three years over there as a civilian contractor. So I was constantly in and out and traveling the world, uh, which was very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to choose a coast, which one would you choose? East. Oh. East. I love the people. No, no cheersing for that. There's no cheers for big and easy. You're an, you're an outlier. Yeah, you can drink drink by yourself. <laughs> I mean, it, it depends. It depends on what context. As far as landscape, give me the West Coast. Food, give me the West Coast. People, East Coast. Texas. That's, That's neither. neither. I know. It's the middle. Yeah, it is the middle. So the people, the people, people in Texas are better than anywhere else. <laughs> she's just a little bit Dude, that's why i didn't like nashville sorry guys we're better than you <laughs> we are everything's I mean, better than texas i mean <laughs> i don't even feel bad about it i don't feel bad <laughs> you shouldn't feel bad i have spent time in texas like i said my mos school is at goodfellow airport base in san angelo uh, so i got acquainted with west texas and the uh amazing tap water there Oh, it so good. I didn't, have, I didn't have any of the tap water when I was in West Texas. <laughs> Don't drink it. Don't drink I, with I, it. I, I actually know we this cooked the kind of minerals you don't want. We cooked with it came out of a thing, a jug. Yeah, probably for a reason. Yeah. Yes, five gallon jugs. See, no one can know what I'm talking about. It's five gallon. Is it five? Twenty five? Whatever the big water things. Yeah, absolutely. So, Eddie, do you have a great active duty story? Or sea, we call them sea stories, but we don't know what the Marine Corps necessarily calls them. But do you have one you can tell us? I do. And, oh, man, this was probably, uh, and this is going to go back, kind of fall back into my job, my MOS. But uh, we had the air show coming in in Beaufort, South Carolina in uh, 2007. So it was right before I picked up Sergeant and we all had to work for the air show, you know, being aircraft rescue and firefighting, everybody was on duty and I got the day off because my family came in from out of town to watch the air show, spent a little time with me. And the leader that took me fishing was like, Hey, you know what? Take the day off. You'll be the only one off. So I'm standing in the crowd drinking a beer with my parents 
and the Blue Angels are finishing up their show, and one goes down into the trees. So, you know, it's 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 terrible. And I watched it happen, and fortunately, I was about 200 yards from our fire station. So I just shoved everything into my parents' hands and took off running. We, I rounded up whoever was standing around, and you know, we took off to the scene. And that was the really the last really large aircraft mishap that I ever worked. But as you can imagine, after a couple of couple of beers in the crowd, that South Carolina heat and humidity, I actually had to run about three miles in front of the truck trying to clear traffic because the air show was over. So I've never been more tired in my entire life. What uh, year was that? Uh, 2007, I believe. It was either 2007 or 2008. I was trying to think if I was in North Carolina at that time, but I wasn't. I was still in San Diego. Yeah. It actually came out as uh, they thought it had crashed into a grocery store. So, you know, everybody was freaking out that much more because they're thinking mass casualty incident, you know, stuff like that. Meanwhile, I'm just, I'm, I'm running in front of this truck like a crazy person trying to clear traffic because none of the traffic guards who are working with the MPs have radios and everybody's trying to jam off the airfield. So that was fun. That was an interesting occurrence. Was there dust with it? I don't remember hearing about this. Uh, there that? was. 2007. There was. Uh, the pilot did not make it. Do you, did you hear about Do you know I, about I didn't in 07? Yep. No, I don't remember hearing about that. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. It, that was a wild day. We, we were on scene for probably close to 40 hours. Because, I mean, we, we have a lot to do when any kind of major aircraft mishap happens and it was that's probably the most tired i've ever been i bet i was on the desk at north island when that f-18 went down into that house off the coast of like it was going towards miramar it should have landed at north island because it was low fuel and they kept it going I remember that. yeah one of the one of the guys that i served with at beaufort was actually uh one of the section leaders for crash fire rescue for that crash Wow. So he was he was on scene for that crash. It's a yeah, that was a that was a tough situation. Didn't it land? Uh, it was like near Mesa, wasn't it near Mesa or something? Where it was near Mission Mission Valley, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was Mission Valley, and I remember I had a friend that lived over there. Got them all. And he was like, he tried so hard to get it into that ditch, and it it hit like one street away from going into the ditch. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's, that's that, what year was that? With that. That would have been. That was a hard one. I think that would have been after 2009 or 2010. Yeah. yeah. It had to be after that. Yeah, it was like late nine, early 10, somewhere around there. Cause, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was. I was, yeah, I was out though, so it would have been 10. I got out in 09. Yeah. And you weren't. Yeah, I got out in 2010. Like, I remember that moment. I don't remember what day it was, though. Ooh, it was crazy. Yeah, that one was. Aircraft mishaps get wild. Uh, I worked one and I worked a Harrier crash in Yuma, Arizona, where this pilot punched out and ejected and his Harrier went down into a guy's swimming pool in Yuma, Arizona. And (laughs) we got there and put the fire out and the guy's bringing his lemonade. (laughs) He was just like, he was was like, man, I was just sitting inside and it felt like my whole house jumped off the foundation. 
like say there's four there's four live 500 pound bombs in that fire and 500 rounds of 25 mic mic cooking off you need to go yeah thanks for the lemonade but like evacuate (laughs) he knew he was about to get paid (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. here gentlemen thank you for your service Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Can you imagine if you were just like chilling at your house drinking lemonade and a harrier just like landed in your pool? Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thank you, U.S. government, for retiring me. Yeah. This moment. I appreciate it. Yeah, taxes, I just don't really want to pay those anymore. (laughs) I'm surprised they're still flying the harriers. Those suckers are old. Old Carolina lawn darts. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was on a um, I was on an amphibious assault ship for part of my career, and it was Helos and Harriers. Those suckers, they're kind of badass, though. Like, not even gonna lie, like a Harrier is kind of. A they are. Thing. They got the new uh, the new Joint Strike fighters out now. The they ones do the same thing. F thirty fives. Yeah, those suckers are they're super cool. I went back to Marine Corps Air Station Buford to visit uh, when I was doing CMP exams in Charleston and I went and visited some friends who were leaders there now and just checking out the joint strike fighter those things are bad ass I bet like I I feel sorry for our nation's enemies in the coming future because you gotta stand a chance I know we got we got some cool shit that people don't know about I'm saying them things make things go boom (laughs) when when they had when they dropped those bombs when President Trump first took office and they were using the EA, the Marine Corps EA sixes. I was like, what? Because the Navy hasn't had them for for a minute, so the Marine Corps is the only one that has some left. And I was like, this dude just dropped some bombs using like our oldest equipment. Like, was he just trying to get rid of some stock? Like, I think they got rid of the Prowlers, the EA sixes now. The Marine Corps. Uh, my first yeah. was at Whidbey Island and it was P3s and Prowlers. And those were cool planes too, though. The Prowlers, like in their own the way. A6s, they, the A6s, man, they're so loud. They, Everyone they're hated so them. loud. <laughs> Everyone hated when they flew into our, our air station because they were just so freaking loud. Yeah, yeah and that's what it would be. They, I'm like, they look like Gonzo. Because <laughs> their little fuel, their little nose fuel thing has that little like arc. Mm. <laughs> they look right. like from the Muppet Babies Gonzo. That's what I always thought of. <laughs> I wouldn't have taken it there. No, <laughs> that, that would not have been my my first my first thing. <laughs> That's because you're in the Marine Corps. And Marine Corps are are a little uh, left brain sometimes. Yeah. 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 Depends on which flavor crayon. Yeah, you know the grape ones I heard are delicious. Maybe if you draw it with the blue snack, then uh, then we get the Gonzo reference. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, <laughs> on that note, eventually, eventually, you do have to get out of the service, and so we have to leave everything we've always or that we've known forever, and what we're conditioned to be a part of, and we have to transition from being a service member to a veteran. How was your transition? Awful. 100% awful. The military does an absolutely horrendous job to help anybody transition into the civilian sector. Uh, I was fortunate enough that when I got out, I took a job civilian contracting in Afghanistan for the federal government. So 
I kind of left the military, but kind of didn't. But when that was over, I could be in a room full of civilians and never feel more alone in my life. Nobody related to me uh, other than the people that I served with. There was no one, no one who would understand what the hell I was talking about or anything that I had gone through. Um, and I know they do the separations classes and the TAPS classes, and they, they really focus, they hit hard on wanting to get you a job, how to function. So it, it was, it was horrendous. I mean, it was, it's kind of like joining the military, like standing on the yellow footprints that Sunday night on Paris Island, my whole world flipped upside down. But you don't, only there was nobody there to tell me what to do. You don't get those six to eight weeks of someone teaching you what you need to be doing when you get Absolutely. out. Like when you join the military, you go through conditioning to be the best sailor, soldier, Marine, airman that you can be but when you are ready to get out no one's there to teach you how to not be that great sailor soldier marine airman it's just not there absolutely did you, um, reach out to your mom or or dad at all like your parents did you reach out to them at all uh, i spoke to my mom a lot mom's kind of always been a security blanket you know and i don't know why but, you know, in terms of talking openly about uh, post-traumatic stress before I really started advocating and putting my story out there and doing anything about it, mom, mom understood, you know, and I don't know, I don't know why that is, uh, but just fortunate enough to have a mother like that who could take everything that was hurting her son and make, you know, chew it all up and spit it back out in a way that I would understand it. You know, and that's just something that I've never had with anybody else. So mom for sure got it. That's an incredible connection mom. to have. Relationships. Yeah. 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 And like I said, I don't know why my, my parents were divorced since I was like three years old and I live with my father. My mom was always hours away. So maybe just there's some deep seated stuff there. Always wanting mom to be around. But uh yeah, she, she's always been the one to call if I ever get in the weeds and need a little word of motivation or need her to tell me to stop crying and man up, mom will do that. <laughs> That's what mamas are for. I feel that on yeah. so many levels. Like, oh, so Listen, much My mom is a bad bitch. I mean, yeah. she was a Marine. She's a cancer survivor. She, uh, she trains and breaks horses, rescues horses. I mean, you can't tell that woman nothing. Cheers to Eddie's mom. Hello. Eddie's mom. Mom. We're hoping we could talk her into coming on our podcast so we can meet the the legend. Oh, she is a legend. Listen, my mom, she's an intense woman. She would she would not hesitate to throw them hands either. I feel like that's someone I want to be my friend. All right. <laughs> Listen, you take you take her out to the Mexican little hole in the wall Mexican joint in Wisconsin and pump a few margaritas in her. Whew, she'll tear that place down. <laughs> hey, add Wisconsin to our road trip destination. We're coming to Wisconsin. Let's go. I'm actually flying to Chicago December 19th and then driving in. Nice. We're about a year out, but we're gonna take this podcast on tour. Ooh. You gotta go fishing in Georgia. We're coming to Georgia. Coming to Georgia. That's like being a veteran, right? If you have a solid team around you, anything is possible. True that. Yep. Anything. True that. 
We all got that one we can call for the right situation. Yeah, just keep calling. You'll find someone. It is. It took me a long time to find this person. Yeah. You and me both, kid. You and me both. I'm still working. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I am 100% still working on my person, but I'm getting there. I like that. Carry on, y'all. So, Eddie, how are you doing now? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Like I said, Tiger 22 is blowing up. We're so far behind playing catch up, trying to uh, get our end caught up to everyone else's end. But it's a blast. You know, I get to go out and do what I love to do, which is fish. And I get to spend time with veterans and active duty service members out on my boat, which is, that's my people. So I get to go out fishing as often as I can, as often as I want with my people. I mean, life is good. So since we're talking a little about Tackle 22 again, so are you just out of Georgia? I am. I do have some guides in other states that have offered trips for me. And as we grow, I'm going to take on a volunteer pro staff, if you will. So to basically be volunteers with boats um, or people going out on fishing trips that will uh, post up on Tackle 22 on Facebook and or Instagram or whatever, and just take a veteran or a service member. So, uh, so far I have a guide in Arkansas, Texas, um, Minnesota. I mean, we got, we got people out there. Yeah. It's amazing how many people are willing to be part of what we're trying to do. It's, it's amazing. You know, once, and it, it helps to have a story like, like mine, you know, and a face to put towards it, but people inherently want to do things for veterans and we're all hard-headed and stubborn and feel you know icky when people want to do things for us but at the end of the day you know it's somebody who's going fishing anyway and this is how i got started i was going fishing anyway i had an empty seat in the boat i might as well fill it with somebody who served in this country or is serving this country you know i don't care if you're in five minutes or 50 years combat deployments or no you know, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. We're going to have a great time fishing. Yeah. Especially because fishing is so much more about fishing. Yeah. Is it, well, fishing is less about fishing and more about like companionship and you have something to do while you are able to talk about how you're feeling. And that's not an easy thing for people to do to talk about how they're feeling. And so when you get them out in that environment where they have something to focus on and something to kind of like put their, their brain and their bad thoughts into, it's easier for them to open up and, and get the things out that they've been holding in for a long time. Yeah. I I wrote this down one day when someone asked why fishing and I, I told them that fishing is a great equalizer that realigns the mind with the soul and resets the world for another day you know and it's it's when i go out fishing and i I love to talk to the men and women i go out fishing with but there's no pressure like you know if you don't want to talk about things there's no problem we talk about stickers we talk about why the fish aren't biting we talk about all kinds of shit but at the end of the day we're gonna have a great time and i'm probably gonna try to relate to you on some level and i'm gonna tell you about my story you know and generally that kind of puts people at ease that in itself is an incredible thing it's hard it was very very hard to do in the beginning to tell that 
open people up to that part of me over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, to stand up in front of people and say, hi, I'm Eddie. And I almost killed myself. You know, you want to talk about the darkest times. My life has been a shit show. Yeah. I mean, those are the pages of of our book that people don't read, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's hard to, to flip to that page and go here and learn about me. They're so far out of, cause we're veterans too. Like we have that same hard headed, keep everything inside, like keep it moving situation in our lives. And so like what you're doing with tackle 22 and what Amber and I are doing with this podcast, it puts us personally outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. And you we never, have- you never get to put your stuff in a box and throw it on the shelf. No. And if I'm asking you to tell me your story, I need to be able to tell you my story. Absolutely. And that, that's hard. Like I can't even sugarcoat that. That is one of the hardest things that I have had to do. And I'm thinking even, it every day. And even though I do it so often, you know, I try to do two to three trips a month if I can. I try to tell them, you know, and, they, and they're like, how do you talk about it so freely? And I'm like, well, I mean, it's well rehearsed at this point. But at the end of the day, no matter how many times I talk about it, I have bad days too. You know, you're in my network now. You might get that phone call at two o'clock in the morning when I can't take it anymore. You know, I'm here to support you now, but, you know, you might have my back two weeks from now. Absolutely. And it's, you got to build a community around each other. It's so important. Like that community is so important and it's what a lot of us miss when we get out. And a lot of us don't realize that that community is there. Absolutely. Uh, veterans actively seek out other veterans. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're at the office Christmas party and you're looking for the one asshole that gets all your jokes and they're like, yes. you know, send me that snarky email back. You're like, oh, that's my dude. <laughs> you're like, you're my new best friend. That's it. You want to go do karate in the basement? Yeah. You ever beat someone up on a naval vessel? Like, and then hug oh, yeah. you out? Right. We oh, can yeah. be friends. Yeah, it's, it. it's an interesting dynamic, you know, with veterans to vet, veteran to veteran, anything is such an interesting dynamic. Like, you can, and you can tell, like, people don't think you can tell, but you, and maybe the regular civilian can't tell, but you can walk into a crowded room and know exactly who is a veteran. Absolutely. And, and then you gravitate towards them. I'm not going to gravitate. I'm just going to walk over and be like, hey, dude. You're the only person in this room that's going to get me. Yeah. Sorry. You're stuck with me now. Game on. Here we <laughs> You're go. You're going to be my friend. <laughs> You're going to be my friend or this is going to get real painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers to strangers becoming friends. Cheers. And every veteran being part of your family. That's worth drinking to. I cheers. You couldn't see me. Yeah. I, I cheers. I drank too soon, so I had to wait for the follow-on. Yeah, yeah. All right, Eddie, so if you had advice for either someone getting ready to become a veteran or for a veteran that has been struggling to find their way for some time, what advice would that be? Don't do either alone. Don't get out of the military alone. Don't sit there in your own four walls alone with your thoughts. I, and again, getting outside, get outside of your house, 
you know, once, once you are stuck in your own four walls, you just start circling the drain with your thoughts and the walls just start closing in. Even if you have to just get outside, change your environment, go for a walk, call a buddy. Uh, I talk to a lot of active duty service members that I go fishing with here about the transition into civilian world. And a lot of them have aspirations of going back to wherever they're from that don't have a military presence. And I'm like, it's going to be hard. Here's my phone number. You're going to need it. Or, you know, try to put them in touch with someone there who can help them, you know, and just be welcoming. Don't be stubborn. I think you're talking to that was that was a hard hand finger wave at somebody. I almost unsheathed the knife hand. Oh my god, I'm so glad this is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Eddie just gave us the knife hand, and it goes out to every single one of you that is stubborn and scared. And you can say you're not scared, but we know that you are. I was scared. I was terrified. And I tried to poke my chest out and be a man. Mm-mm. Nope. Doesn't work. I mean, it, it can get you through maybe a week, maybe a month, maybe a couple of years, but it's going to implode at some point. Absolutely. And, and the consequences of that implosion are anything but good. Yep. Don't wait until it's too late. Yeah. It might not be. Because fixed. a lot of us, a lot of us just want to drink a beer and have fun. Yeah. Talk about talk about crazy shit that we did and that one person we all hated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is it, wait, what is that called? The blue falcon? Oh, Bravo Foxtrot. Yeah. Yeah. Bravo Foxtrot. That blue falcon. Body fucker. He's an asshole. He is. I hate that guy. <laughs> Me too. I hate him too. This is why we're now best friends. You're stuck with us now, bro. Welcome to the shit show. So, Eddie, I know that you have Tackle 22. Mm-hmm. And I also know that you're here to support every veteran that needs support. Mm-hmm. Our listeners have more questions either about Tackle 22 or if they want to talk to you personally, where can they find you? Uh, you can go to my website at tackle22fishing.com. Every message through the Contact Us link goes directly into my email, which I read personally. You can find Tackle 22 Fishing on Facebook. Every message again through there comes to me personally. Happy to send any veteran in crisis uh, my personal cell phone number if they contact me through the page. I'm happy to talk to you day or night. And I am very active on social media. So if you contact me, uh, you're going to get a response back. So reach out. I'll be there. So do you have two seats on your boat? We can make two seats. Because Amber and I, we're about to come to Georgia and hang out with you for real. Let's go. Y'all ain't ready. You better pre-flight. Wait, Amber, can you do it? Can I do what? Always ready. No, ma'am. I'm not <laughs> fucking doing that. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Man, this is going to be fun. I'm hoping to be in a new boat soon, which is going to make things way easier. That's amazing. Georgia, we're putting Georgia on our list. We're coming to see you, Eddie. We got to go to Wisconsin, go. Georgia. Because yeah, your, your, your mom still in Wisconsin? She does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your mom what? does the horses? His mom's the horse lady in Wisconsin. The horse lady. Be sure you call her that. I'm not calling her that. Oh, please do. 
She's going to be like. Eddie's mom is going to give us the knife hand, too. Ooh. Oh, my God. too. Your mom scares me. But I would love to have her on this podcast for real. So if you can make that happen, like you'll be our new hero. I could, I could probably get it done. You'll probably get there about 30 seconds before she starts motherfucking people. That's okay. We mark this podcast <laughs> explicit every time. I'm going to need a lot to drink that day. <laughs> Bring on the vodka. Amber, do you want to talk about the charity that we've chosen to support this episode? Sure. So not only are Amanda and I continuing to support Silva Hollow Project, but um, we have also chosen to support the Fallen Outdoors, which is a staff with the Fallen Outdoors. What did you say? I'm pro. I'm pro staff with the Fallen Outdoors. Oh, oh really? that's amazing. Mm-hmm. We have someone that we're going to hook you up with to communicate with on a regular basis because she's fantastic. Okay. Out of the Pacific Northwest. Sounds good. Yeah. You're going to love her. So so we're also supporting the Fallen Outdoors. They can be found at thefallenoutdoors.com online. They take veterans. As long as you have an honorable discharge, doesn't matter what your background is, what you did, how long you were in for, if you were deployed or not. Um, they take veterans hunting and fishing and they are across the entire country. So we are supporting and bringing awareness to the Fallen Outdoors. We also have merch. We also have merch for sale. At, uh, we have merch. We have got merch. merch. Speaking of merch, I want a hat. Do you have any more? I was just looking on IG. Yeah, your hat is bomb.com. Yeah, I was just saw on, he posted on IG and I want oh, girl. I heard you like hats. I do like hats. Yes. I only got black and white, I'll though. You, I'll trade you a koozie, uh, some koozies, and some stickers for a hat. You know? Done. All right. We'll make this happen. Yeah, he's got to hook up on that. Yep. Um, but we have koozies, we have stickers, and we have merch shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve, tank tops, hoodies, hoodies. and hoodies. At bonfire, it's at bonfire. Amanda will post the link to that in the show notes. Portion of all that goes to Fallen Outdoors to the Hall Project. Yep, both of them. So buy our merch, and we're gonna pay it forward. Our koozies and our stickers are not on our bonfire. So if you are interested in either a koozie or a sticker, you can contact us directly. Or if you would just like to contact Amber and I for any reason at all, if you want to chat, if you want to hang out, if you would like to whatever. We don't care. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. Or you can email us directly at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. Um, like Amanda said, um, reach out to us. If you'd like to tell your story and be a guest on our podcast, you can you can send us an email at theveteransdrinkingvodka at gmail. Or you can direct message us on any of the social media platforms. If you like our podcast. What was that, Eddie? Y'all, we love Eddie. He's super silly and he fits right in with our crew. He doesn't know it so yet. He's not traveling. He should come like on a, a a week or two with us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's gonna I feel like someone's gonna get arrested. <laughs> it's okay, we have an attorney. We just have to bring out well, if, thing, if things get weird, I'm a paramedic. So So we have an attorney and we have a paramedic. And a couple of crazy-ass air traffic controllers. Yes. 
who like vodka. Roger. All right. So if you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. The podcast world likes those things, and it helps with the... Algorithm. Algorithm. I miss that word every time. It helps with the algorithm. It keeps us up in the rankings, and it allows more people and more veterans to find us and hear our stories and your stories, and it's a very good thing. Leave us a review. We also like constructive criticism. Amber and I, neither one of us are professional podcasters. Eddie, please don't leave us a review. (laughs) I feel like he'd tear us apart and be like, it was constructive. We love Listen, any woman who tells you that they accept constructive criticism, I already don't trust. All right. Good, bad, ugly, different. Let us know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all check out Tackle 22 Fishing. Eddie is one of the coolest people ever. And we, in the last hour, have come to adore him. And maybe he'll even join us. On Sunday nights for our, pop in. for our veterans after hours, start at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Zoom. We're hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. We also have to put the disclaimer out there that this is a veteran networking group. We do invite everyone, civilian, active duty, and veteran, but it is a live, unscripted veteran networking group. So we never know what's going to happen, what's going to be said. Or all of the above. So and don't it's alcohol. Always. Can okay. get weird. Things can get weird. It does happen. I will say that. It's probably going to be guns involved. We haven't had that yet. Nope. We've had other things involved, though. We've had some yet. great stories about Singapore, though. Yes, we have. About what? Singapore. Oh, I don't even want to know. It probably involved a banana or ping pong balls. Neither one. I don't want to know. Or all of the above. Anyways, join us Sunday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Fun time. It's a lot of fun. But bringing us back to all seriousness and the reason why Amanda and I started this podcast was to bring about mental health awareness in veterans and the fact that uh, 22 veterans kill themselves every day. No matter what that number says yesterday or last month or last year, 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers. <laughs>